Bienvenidos and welcome back to Puro Pinche Gol, the place where we discuss all things USMNT y la Selección Mexicana. My name is Adrian. I'm joined once again by my co-host and tocayo, Adrian. Adrian, what's up, man? How you doing? Boop, boop. Ricardo Pepe, man. I'm <laughs> all aboard Pepe train. Hell You're yeah. That's how I'm doing. Hell man. yeah. Yeah, man. He uh, stepped it up these last two games. That was good to see. Um, you know, this episode, we're going to be going over the six things we learned for the USMNT versus Granada and El Salvador, uh, the two Nations League matches here for the U.S. in March 2023. Adrian, before we jump right into it, man, where can our listeners find us? Okay, man, if they want to see our pretty faces, they can find us on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe, hit the like button, and turn on the notifications. If you're just okay listening to our beautiful voices, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts on. Yes, sir. Awesome. Let's jump right into it, man. Well, you started off strong there with your choo-choo peppy train, so let's just <laughs> get right into it. The the first, you know, check mark, green check mark that I want to highlight here, the first, you know, kind of great key takeaway Ricardo Pepe, um, the man who was, um, a lot of people say, uh, left out wrongly from the World Cup squad. Uh, you know, they took Jesus Ferreira, uh, they took Haji Wright, and they took uh, Josh Sargent. Um, a lot of people were, you know, complaining, hey, you know, what the hell, where's Pepe? Um, who at that time, to be fair, was kind of, you know, not doing so hot in his club team. Um, but ever since then, he's been on fire for his club and came into these two games. Um, you know, kind of with a a purpose to uh, show uh, Tonyo Hudson that he, you know, he should be the number nine mo- moving forward and to kind of uh, just, you know, throw it in Triple G's face that, hey, man, you messed up not taking me to the World Cup. Um, so, yeah, he scored three goals in his two matches. He scored in two minutes today against um, El Salvador. And a really good goal, taking a pass from McKinney mm-hmm. and goes around the defender and kind of just chips the keeper. Really, really finessed shot there. Um, what, what did you think of his two performances? Uh, does he deserve to kind of be the, the starting number nine for the U.S. going forward, assuming we don't get gun? The gun. Balagun. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, I, I think Pepe proved everyone that it was a mistake taking Ferreira, as you said, to the World Cup instead of him. Uh, you know, we are, we're huge fans of Haji. There to Haji, by the way. Happy birthday, Haji. Um, but I think Ricardo Pepe is proving everyone that he needs to be the starting number nine. I think the the, <clears throat> the competition now narrows, narrows it down to either Josh Sargent, who I think still Josh Sargent is the most talented number nine that the USMNT has. But Pepe is definitely a great challenger for that position. Um, you saw him on... On these two games, he was, you can see that he's fully committed, even though there was rumors around saying that he wanted to, you know, switch sides and maybe uh, put in the request to move in to play for Mexico. Uh, but I think there's no doubt now that after these two games, he is fully committed to the, to the USMNT. He's ready to prove himself and they just show up to all those haters that, you know, he might not have, he probably ended up 2022 on a bad note. But man, he is actually starting and continuing ha- continue to have a very hot 2023. So, you know, all aboard Pepe Train. We're here for it. We're here for Pepe. And uh, let's, keep, let's keep the call going, dude. Let's keep the f- freaking goals going. Yeah, props to him for turning the season around out there with uh, Groningen. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully they don't get relegated. But uh, regardless, I think he'll be moving to a bigger club after this season. Yeah, definitely. Um, before we go to the next item here, I think I kind of jumped the gun a little bit. I kind of wanted to do a little quick, uh, 
summary of the two matches. Uh, the first match, which was played in Granada, uh, USA won seven to one. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty pretty easy match there for them. I think we kind of made our predictions being at you said four zero. I think I think I think I said three one. Um, I don't think we expected a seven one <laughs> route there. No, uh, especially you know no. given how much the U.S. normally struggles going to Concacaf uh, territories. Um, and then they played El Salvador in uh, Exploria Stadium in Orlando, Florida. Uh, USA hard fought 1 0 win there. As now we said, Ricardo Pepe scored in the second 62nd minute after two minutes coming on. Um, so, really different first half from the second half there that we'll go into. Um, but uh, two wins and two matches for the USA. Um, not, not a bad March window. Yeah, not too bad. I mean, uh, do you know if. Uh... If they're playing Mexico for on the semifinal, the Nations League, I think it's still up in the air until we f- see the Canada game and the other game. I think one other team plays um, the next day, Panama, I think. Um, so we'll have to um, keep our eyes on that because I think the results for those um, kind of determine, you know, who plays who. But um, all right. Yeah, moving on. Um, the next item I kind of wanted to talk over here is. Uh, there wasn't many bad things that I noticed or, you know, that we noticed here at PBG uh, for these two matches. But um, I think the 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 standout was that first half against El Salvador. Um, it was just the yeah. first half where the USMNT were credit to Salvador, uh, closing them down, not giving them time. But I think they were trying too hard. They were too anxious to kind of, um, I don't know, score and keep that streak going from the Granada game. Um, so, you know, they were, they have sloppy first touches everywhere. Um, especially Alex and Dejas who didn't have a great game today. Um, and it's about just closing them down. A lot of, uh, forced, uh, errors, a lot of, uh, bad passes, a lot of, uh, just, uh, unnecessary fouls committed. Um, they looked, uh, the USA looked really, um, pressed and really, uh, like anxious and unable to kind of get going. So, um, you know, I, I'd, I'd say that was a, a bad item, how they started that, um, they obviously ended up winning the match. Uh, we'll go further in depth uh, on that. But uh, what did you think of that first half? I mean, a lot of things could have been better, I'm, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. It was difficult to find, like, negative things to point out. Um, I think Tonya Hudson did a great job uh, on these two on these two games. Um, but we'll discuss a little more on, on Tonya Hudson uh, in a little bit. So focusing on on the one bad thing that you mentioned, yes, I think this first half against El Salvador was it wasn't a disaster. Let's let's start with there. It wasn't it wasn't you know a a a complete um, a disaster, but it was definitely. A, I think the USMNT wasn't expecting that much of a challenge from El Salvador. I I thought well I felt that some of the players they weren't necessarily being cocky, but they were overconfident maybe. Um, and I also saw a lot of crosses that the USMNT was unable to finish. There was like maybe like two or three one or three that I saw where yeah. police station uh, Weston McKinney tried to head her, but they they did it horribly. They did a they did a poor job over there. So I think at some point in time, um, I I just felt that they weren't necessarily adjusting to Daryl Lique playing as a forward. I'm not too sure why he was not heading those crosses and Christian Pulisic and and what's McKinney where I I just you know it it took them a while to I guess rev up heat up and get the things going Um, it it was interesting to see how Alejandro Sandejas you know 
subbed in with Granada and did a you know decent job again mm -hmm. with Granada. Um, <laughs> and then this game against El Salvador, he was very you know um, he was stumbling a lot. I saw him you know uh, crashing against the opposition on a few times. Not 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 well connected with the team. Not necessarily uh, doing the best passes out there. Not taking the best decisions. So um, good call from uh, from from Tonio to uh, re replace him in the second half. Uh, but yeah, if there if there's something bad on these two matches, it, it has to be that first half against Salvador. I agree. Um, that kind of takes me to the next point here. Um, one that I originally had in the uh, down vote uh, red. Uh, you know, section mm -hmm. bad um, was Alex and Dejas. But uh, I know we kind of reviewed that and determined, um, you know, he's like like we, we mentioned on the six things we learned from Mexico with Diego Coca. Got to give him time. Got to give him time to adapt. Um, mm -hmm. This is Sendejas just barely committed and uh, less than a month ago, you know, and uh, this is one of his first times playing with the actual A team. We've seen him play back mm -hmm. in the January camp, which was a lot of uh, the B, C team players. But this was the first time he was actually playing with, you know, the squad that for the most part went to the World Cup and the the, the A team for the USA. So it's players he hasn't really played with much and um, a different style of play. And, you know, where he was maybe the, the creator and the star on that C, B team, he's probably the, the least uh, star name on this A team, right? So, um, yeah. I don't think he capitalized on his chance to, uh, you know, playing with the A team. He didn't take his uh, starting position and make it his own and kind of say, Tonyo Hudson, man, this is me. You can't, you can't drop me. Like I, I deserve to be on this. Um, he looked at a place like you mentioned, he looked lost sometimes crashing, fumbling into, into the opposition, losing the ball, uh, really stupidly sometimes, um, unable to get any crosses <laughs> together. Um, sloppy first touch. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, it's just a neutral for me here, uh, not a negative, just because, you know, I we've see, we see him every week with America, and uh, we've seen him with the U.S. before. We saw him, you know, when he was used to play for the under-21s from Mexico. He, he's quality. It just, um, I, I don't know if he's first-team starter quality or, you know, backup uh, bench guy for the first team, but um, definitely uh, deserves another chance and, uh, you know, can only go up from there. <laughs> Man, you're ruthless with Alejandro Zendejas, man. Hey, man. A traidor. <laughs> no, <laughs> I know, but I, I totally agree with you. I think it's uh, it will be too harsh from us to to say that it he was a bad thing for from these two games, uh, especially because yeah, I think it was you know it was an okay uh, participation. I guess you know if if this was a you know a uh, elementary school tournament, he will definitely get a participation medal uh, for these two games. Nothing. Outstanding, nothing really impressive. Um, I totally agree with you. I think Alejandro Sendejas, uh, if he really wants to be part of the A team, he needs to prove himself, and it's up to him to earn that spot. You know, uh, I don't think Tonya Hudson is gonna, you know, think twice and call someone else. Like uh, honestly, maybe you have a lot of you have a depth in the in the roster to cover that position, right? You have Georgi Mihalovic, even Josh Sargent can play in that position. Um, I think there's no doubt that he can be replaced easily. So for him to be wasting these opportunities and not not, not uh, consolidating as a at least a sub for the team for the A team, right? Because uh, again, as I said, I mean it's difficult to compete against the likes of Urena, Christian Pulisic, and whatnot, especially if they're playing on more competitive leagues and Liga MX, right? So 
Um, yeah, I think it's gonna take it's gonna take a while for him to adapt. Um, right. I hope that Tony Hudson keeps on calling him up. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, the next time around, I think he, he can probably he's probably gonna have maybe two two or three more chances, and I think three more three chances is gonna be a lot. He's definitely definitely gonna get called up against uh, Mexico in, in April, just because they're not gonna call up anyone from Europe. Yeah. Uh, so that will be you know another chance, and then maybe maybe he get he gets called up for the final four on the Nations League. So hey, Alejandro, you know it's up to you, man. Don't come crying back to Mexico if they don't call you up after this after these you know three games or whatever. You know I think. Um... The real make it or break it for him is going to probably come down to the uh, Gold Cup in the summer, especially if the U.S. Okay. You know they, they used to they from we what well, we've seen in the past they uh, put their A team in the Nations League and they put their BC MLS team in the Gold Cup. So um, you know he might be actually one of the stars for that roster for the Gold Cup, assuming the USA doesn't you know send their A squad to that. Um, and if they do send their A squad, he might be on the bench, assuming he keeps playing well for America. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, didn't capitalize today, but not the end of the world. Um, you brought up Tonyo Hudson. So that brings us to our next item. Uh, a plus, a green check mark for him, man. Um, Damn. For, yeah, I'm on board, man. You're just like All you're right. on board the Pepe train. All I'm right. on board the Tonyo Hudson train, man. Um, <laughs> he shut me Damn. up. Nah, he, uh, you know, for being an interim coach, um, again, take it with a grain of salt. It's Granada and uh, El Salvador. But, um, I think that was tied for the U.S.'s big, biggest win ever, 7-1 against the Granada. Not against the Granada, like in, in general. Uh, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, props to him for uh, making the changes today. How he said, you know, the first half against Salvador was pretty trash. Um, he made the changes, put in Aronson, who looked lively, um, put in, uh, you know, Pepe, who scored two goals into his uh, appearance. Um, he, according to Pepe... And the other forwards, he allows them to play with more freedom than Triple G did. So, uh, you know, the forwards should be thriving under him. And, I mean, 10 goals in two games, or sorry, 10 goals, eight goals in two games um, says a lot. Uh, so, yeah, man, uh, props to Tonyo. And um, real quick before we go off, Tonyo Hudson, uh, you know, we were talking about his substitutions and stuff. Someone that I was completely wrong and have to wear my clown nose on. I was thinking I was going to get a chance to play this, these games was Alan Sonora, uh, the, uh, um, the Mexican born. Well, is he Mexican born or is he American born? I can't recall. No, he's, he's Argentinian. I think he's Argentinian. Oh, he Argentinian? Uh, yeah. I think Argentinian Americans. I don't know if he, I'm not too sure if he's, he was born in Argentina from, uh, American parents or you're right. Argentinian yeah. parents. Born in the U.S. Yeah, he's born in New Jersey, but yeah, to Argentinos. Um, I don't know okay. why I thought he was Mexican, but uh, yeah, he didn't get his uh, his chance. Uh, you, you you kind of assumed that you know he's been playing like crap for Los Bravos de Juarez, so he I don't know why he ultimately was called up, but um, Tonyo Hudson knew better and didn't put him in. What what did you make of Tonyo Hudson's <laughs> uh, two games here, man? La Hudsoneta Co. You know, I think there's a reason why all these players are coming out. And even, you know, even if the pundits are saying that they're backing up Triple G, I think they're backing up the consistency of what they've been playing for the last few years. And I think they know Tonyo brings that specific aspect to the table where 
as, as you know, as you, you clearly mentioned, Pepe and some of the players are saying, hey, similar style of play like Triple G, but with more attack, uh, offensive freedom, attacking freedom. So I wouldn't be surprised if the USMNT gets a new, what, uh, general manager or whatever the name, what, whatever the name for that CEO president <laughs> position is. Yeah. And, uh, and they stick with Tonyo Hudson. Honestly, I don't think we're going to see a, you know, I don't think they're going to name any new coach until maybe by the summer. And even in, and by that point in time, I think Tonyo Hudson will have two big challenges to prove himself and maybe, you know, make a case for him staying mm-hmm. as the as the head coach. He's going to have the final four. And most likely, I think they're going to keep him. If anything goes well with the final four, I don't, I don't, I don't see why they wouldn't keep him for the Gold Cup. Right. Yeah. So, all in all, we're taking these wins with a as a grain of, with a grain of salt, because as you said, it's Granada and El Salvador. Definitely the two most realist, because uh, the realist or most real challenges uh, that that Tonyo Hosso has faced in his short tenure as the USMNT coach. Um, but hey, man, I mean, he's he, he he's proving someone wrong, and I think you know he's putting. Uh, his money where his mouth is. So I'm okay to continue seeing Tonyo Hudson. I think I'm, I'm this close, this close on jumping on board the Tonyo Neto. The Hudson yeah, Neto. Um, the Hudson Neto. It, I think um, <laughs> how, how the U.S. Federation works, if if he somehow wins the Nations League and he somehow wins the Gold Cup, he'll be offered a job, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Like, no doubt. <laughs> Why are you so, so disappointed, dude? Uh, I'm just, I mean, you know, there, there's so many articles and hypes of like, oh, Patrick Vieira, oh, um, Thierry Henry, oh, you know, all these European guys, which we'd like to see at least be interviewed, right? Like, I, I don't want mm-hmm. that. If Tonyo Hudson does well this summer and wins both tournaments, I don't want that to, them to say, you know, oh, well, eh, screw it. Let's not interview anybody. We got Tonyo Hudson here. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> I mean, if he's if he's the best candidate, okay. But I mean, at least you know, see other people. Um, <laughs> but all right, all right, we'll see, man. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if you have Tonya Hudson for the next few years. <laughs> yeah, neither would I, man. Um, okay, so the another neutral item here. We only had one bad item. Really, and kind of struggled to kind of think of a bad item that we learned, but because uh, they were pretty decent performances. Uh, but a, a neutral item here was um you know you're playing granada yeah you're playing away but it's granada um and you're unable to keep a clean sheet you're up two zero mm-hmm. and you kind of switch off for a little bit and uh they score a goal that you know it was very very similar to the goals that the netherlands scored um you know they, they run down the wing just pass it through the middle of the box the 18 box and mm-hmm. somebody's just like on that side of the 18 box waiting for it and just hits it in very similar to those Netherlands goals. Um, and okay, they, the USA scored one minute after that, made it 3-1, and then it didn't stop scoring. Um, but, you know, you even if it's against these small teams, you really shouldn't, well, more so against these small teams, you should be holding a clean sheet, and you shouldn't be giving up those uh, sloppy goals. Um, could be just, you know, again, they were confident, and you were like, hey, you know, we're playing these guys. We're up 2-0 already. Um, but, yeah, I mean... Clean sheets are always nice, and uh, you know that's why I didn't put it really as a negative. I mean, it was they switched off for two minutes, but um, 
I had flashbacks to the Netherlands game and those goals. So (laughs) that's why I kind of put it there. What did you think of that? You gotta relax, dude. But no, you're definitely you're definitely right. Um, I mean, I think it's it just goes to show that they they are still like there's there's still a lot of triple G in this team, and even you know what I mean is there's a lot of good things that triple G left, and there's also a lot of bad things that triple G also uh, continues to have uh, have his pre- his presence uh, presence in the team, and this is one of those where. Uh, the USMNT still continues to struggle against those uh, offensive drives from the opposition. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, I, I I'm right there with you. It's not a it, you know it's not a bad thing because they they demolished Granada as we expected. It was a walk in the park. Right. But they should definitely keep clean sheets against these small teams. Like there's no excuse for them to take one goal. And even you know people are gonna come back and tell us, well, you know, It's like man, come on. It's it's a USMNT against Granada. They have to destroy them, right. you know, just to show them respect. They should keep <laughs> a, a freaking clean sheet, you know. Yeah, it's like it's just one of those things. Uh, it, it's nice to have it. It doesn't re- doesn't really matter if they get scored be- score because you know they won uh, with such a big score. Uh, but hey, man, I mean, don't there's there's these are the these are the little small things that you have to practice. Don't lose focus on the goal, right? Yeah, you have to be committed to the. You have to be committed to the to the game throughout the ninety minutes, so you don't so you don't get you don't have these mistakes because this is Granada right now. But if this was a Salvador today, you would have tied, right? And yeah. if this is the final four against Mexico, and then Mexico has a break, you can probably lose the final. So watch out. Or Canada, who is really dangerous as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. exactly so yeah i mean not a bad thing not a good thing you Just know work on tightening up that defense yeah. <laughs> exactly bring back carter bakers yeah yeah man that that was a weird omission for sure <laughs> mm-hmm. um but all right well the last thing we learned here um for anybody that watched our mexico six things we learned it's pretty similar positive here um the squad depth uh, just like we discussed with the three yesterday, that the three has a really good A team, really good B team for the first time in years. They're able to field, you know, two very competent teams that are, you know, very well suited to to compete. Um, I think the U.S. does that, and maybe even one step above, um, they're able to field two yeah. European teams easily with all the European players they have in Europe, and then they're able to field a, a pretty solid uh, MLS, you know, team that uh, of the. You know, we we're giving MLS a chance this season. We, you know, we're we're never <laughs> yes, we're we never are. the uh, we were never the like oh MLS sucks guys, but we we didn't really watch it much. Um, and mm-hmm. I think you know MLS is able to field uh, a decent eleven, um, maybe not the best eleven, but they're able to field a decent eleven that could compete with other Concacaf countries. Um, so between those three teams, they team B, team C, team, you know, I think he has a lot of depth, a lot of depth, yeah. to choose from. And three really good competitive teams that, uh, you know, at any point in time, you know, if you have like like Zimmerman can step up from the MLS guys and play in the World Cup and do decent. Or, you know, um, Zendejas, like we talked about, can play, struggle today with the A team, but can play on the B team, can play with the C guys. You know, they could, they all, you know, are really uh, interchangeable and uh, adapt adaptable. And, um, you know, I think it has a lot of, you know, Tonyo is a, uh, 
has a lot of riches to call upon. Um, so a lot of depth there for the Team USA. Yeah, big, you know, big time. I, I think we uh, when we did the the pod for the roster drop on the USMNT, I think I mentioned that, you know, this call up for these two games was a very strong lineup. Like all the 24 players he called up were actually very from, you know, from decent to great players. Uh, and I'm right there with you. It's been a while since I think we felt this caliber of uh, different uh, the caliber of depth that the USMNT has had for a while. I, I was reading somewhere that I think it has been it has been a while. Maybe la- the last time I think the USMNT called nothing but European players to a uh, Concacaf uh, FIFA uh, game or friendly game was back in 2011, 2012. So that's that. Ha- that has to tell you something, which is I think in my opinion is that uh, the the US uh, the USMNT has has been doing a great job and has has made a, a leap forward uh, compared to other Concacaf uh, nations in terms of exporting players to Europe. And as you were mentioning, even if you look at you know a combined roster of half MLS players or non-European players and half European players, they can still you know put up a great challenge. And maybe even just, you know, qualify uh, by walking to, mm-hmm. you know, Copa America next year, if anything. Like, I think this this proves that the USMNT has a lot of room to play around and strategize to put up a team that meets the demand of the opposition. So that's, that's, that's probably one of the best uh, good things that we learned from these uh, Nations League uh, games. For sure, for sure. Um, you know, uh, if you guys listen to this podcast um, and, you know, we'd really like to hear from you guys and uh, if you want to comment what you guys learned from these two games, uh, either in the Mexico uh, okay. comment section or here at the USMNT, we'd love to listen to you guys and, um, you know, discuss with you guys in the comments. Um, so, Adrian, before we take off, man, um, where can our listeners find us? Let me remind them that they can find us on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe, hit the like button, and turn on the notifications. They can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever they get their podcasts on. Last but not least, they can also find us at Puro Pinchegol on Twitter and Instagram. We'll be posting stuff every now and then. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, next time we see USA or Mexico, it's going to be in that uh, match in Arizona. So uh, we'll definitely have coverage for that match. We're excited to see that. Um, Adrian, always a pre- uh, pleasure to be here with you, man. See you in the next one, brother. Take it easy, fella. See you, bro. Deuce.